What's up, everybody? My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports for Friday, December 1st. Thank you so much for tuning in to me. I want to say this first before we start. There's nothing I hate more than listening to radio shows or watching live television and knowing that what I'm watching is filler. So today is a shorter episode, and that's because I respect you guys as viewers. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to give you stories that are uninteresting or boring. So it's going to be about 30 minutes, a couple interesting stories. I have no breaks scheduled, and we're going to... I'm going to get to the important stuff. I don't want to waste your time. I love you guys as viewers, and thank you so much for tuning in. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes and on SoundCloud. You can also find Strong Opinion Sports on YouTube. I put my best clips on YouTube. I also put my entire episodes on YouTube as well. If that's how you want to consume podcasts, you can watch the entire podcast, Strong Opinion Sports, on YouTube. Tell your friends about this show. I know there are people out there that do not know Strong Opinion Sports exists. I would love your help to tell them about this show. I love this podcast. It's my favorite thing I do. I'm recording after 10 o'clock on a Friday night because it's just my passion. It's what I love to do. So tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. We have a couple short stories today I want to get to. Important good stuff, though. I'm going to compare Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold. We're going to talk about Kirk Cousins. His He lost to the Cowboys. What do I think about that? Does my opinion on Kirk Cousins changed? I'm going to talk about the ridiculous ongoing saga involving the Tennessee, uh, the University of Tennessee football team and their coaching debacle. I'm going to talk about Chip Kelly, some of the stuff he went to UCLA, why he made that decision, and we will end with the Seahawks. I want to jump into the first story of the day. Tonight, USC beat Stanford uh, to win the Pac-12 championship. USC was uh, scored 31 points. Stanford lost uh, 28 to 31. USC won. Winning matters. Winning is very important when you're evaluating a quarterback. I know everyone doesn't like to talk about this. Sam Darnold won a lot of games. He's won a lot of games at USC, and he's really, I would dub Sam Darnold as a winner. No one likes to think about it this way, but that's what I like the most about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson had an it quality. Deshaun Watson won a lot of games. It gave me confidence that Deshaun Watson knew what he was doing. I feel very similarly about Sam Darnold. It's very interesting, the consensus about you know, when you compare Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold, the consensus all around the NFL and around the media is that Josh Rosen is a better quarterback. No, 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 no. Sam Darnold is a better NFL prospect than Josh Rosen. I would take Josh Rosen. I would take Sam Darnold in a heartbeat over Josh Rosen. It's interesting. I've met both of them. I've met Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold. I met them in high school at uh, quarterback camps. I want to tell you guys a story. The first time I saw Sam Darnold was the day he was discovered by Trent Dilfer. This is the day that Sam Darnold showed up and Trent Dilfer said, you are going to be a star. I want you. I want you in the Elite 11. You're going to be an NFL quarterback someday. And it's funny, going into this camp, I've told the story before, I knew that Blake Barnett was going to be there. Blake Barnett was this big 6'6 quarterback that we knew everyone talked about Blake Barnett. Blake Barnett was the next big thing. And so in warm-ups at this camp, um, I'm like, is that is that Blake Barnett? Because that guy's really killing it. He's huge. He's nice. He has a ton of presence. And, and when this guy walked onto the field, I was like, this guy has just gravity to him. Everybody's got their eyes on him, looking at him. Who is this guy? I thought it might be Blake Barnett. And it turns out it was indeed Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has this quality to him. He just has insane amounts of presence and an it factor. Interestingly enough, I've also met Josh Rosen and I do not want to bash the guy, um, but I, I did not get a good impression from Josh Rose. Not not as good of an impression. Uh, he's a good kid. I know that he he used to butt heads with Trent Dilfer, which gives me all these questions about his coachability. I think at times Josh Rosen thinks he knows better than you do. Josh Rosen thinks pretty highly of himself, and it shows at times. Now, 
The big reason why I think Sam Darnold is a better recruited quarterback than Josh Rosen is this. I know everybody has fallen in love with the way that Josh Rosen throws the football. We hear, oh, Josh Rosen has this amazing golden arm. Here's the truth, honestly. Sam Darnold throws a better football than Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen spins the football. Sam Darnold throws the football. It's very different. You know who's going to throw the ball better in cold weather? Sam Darnold. And it's because of the way he throws. He's got great separation. He really throws. There's a difference. Sam Darnold, uh, Josh Rosen spins it. He spins a spiral out of his hands. Josh Rosen throws the ball like a baseball. The dude, it's a, I don't know how to explain it. I wish I did better. But he, he really separates. He pulls the ball back and throws it. It's, it's just an interesting. I watched Sam Darnold th- uh, warm up at Washington State this year. You see, guys, they'll throw the ball deep, and it, there's not a lot of control. It just kind of spins downfield. Sam Darnold controls the ball the entire way because of the way he throws and the way he finishes. I promise you, I know quarterbacks very well. Sam Darnold has a better, stronger arm than Josh Rosen. And the other thing that I think helps Sam Darnold when he goes to the NFL is this. Sam Darnold is more mobile than Josh Rosen. And that will help you a lot your rookie season and your second year in the NFL. When you play, when you're a number one, number two overall draft pick, you're going to a bad team. A team that struggles to protect the quarterback. Sam Darnold is more mobile. When things go bad in the pocket, Sam Darnold can escape and extend plays and throw the ball downfield. Josh Rosen is going to take a lot more sacks his first and second year in the NFL before he masters the NFL system simply because he's not as mobile as Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is more mobile than Josh Rosen, and that gives him a big plus. Here's what's going to happen this year in the NFL draft. I I guarantee you, I'm predicting this now. This is what will happen. (laughs) What are the Browns known for? The Browns are known for always screwing things up. The Browns They just make mistakes. It's the Browns. They're the team that picked Johnny Manziel. The Browns every year seem to make some kind of ridiculous mistake. This is the mistake the Browns will make this year. Because Josh Rosen has better stats, when the Browns get the number one overall pick, they will pass on Sam Darnold and pick Josh Rosen. I'm assuming that Sam Darnold does come out and enter the draft. The reason why Sam Darnold doesn't have as good of stats is he doesn't have as good of coaching. Sam Darnold has... Poor coaching, and he plays a different style of reckless football than Josh Rosen. Here's what's going to happen, though. The New York Giants are going to pick Sam Darnold with the number two overall pick. Sam Darnold is a perfect fit in New York. His big, strong arm will help him throw the ball in bad weather. It's very interesting. The Meadowlands are a tough place to play. Look at the quarterbacks that play well for the Giants and the Jets. Eli Manning had a huge, strong arm, but even Eli Manning... I believe had better stats on the road than at home. Look it up. Fact check me. I'm very interested in that. Sam Darnold will be better in New York because he has a strong arm and he will have his best friend. His new best friend will be Odell Beckham Jr. That is a match made in heaven. Give Sam Darnold the scrappy, fantastic, Braveheart kind of quarterback. Give him a weapon like Odell Beckham Jr. And he will handle the New York media well. Sam Darnold will not... He's, again, similar to Eli Manning. He's quiet. He keeps to himself. Not in a, he has presence. I've seen, I've been on the field with him. The guy can command a huddle. He can command a locker room. But he's also not going to spout off and say emotional things to the media the way Josh Rosen just might. Sam Darnold is a perfect fit in New York. And the Browns are going to screw it up. The Browns are going to pick Josh Rosen. Sam Darnold will go to the Giants. And it's going to be very interesting. In December 2018, this is the first day of December, a year from now. We're going to look back at what I'm saying right now and think, 
Oh my goodness, Zach was right. Just watch. I'm very excited about this. Sam Darnold will go to the Giants and be fantastic. I'm predicting that right now. We will think Sam Darnold a year from now is a better quarterback than Josh Rosen, even if Sam Darnold is not picked as high as Josh Rosen. Write it down right now. Sam Darnold is a better quarterback prospect than Josh Rosen. Last night on Thursday Night Football, the Redskins lost to the Cowboys 38-14. to My first question after watching this game was, now how do we feel about Kirk Cousins? Does this loss change my opinion on Kirk Cousins? Not really, no. Kirk Cousins is exactly what we thought he was. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, we, we know what he is. Kirk Cousins needs good players around him to win. Kirk Cousins is not a top-tier quarterback in the NFL. He's a top, he's a, maybe a second-tier, maybe even third-tier guy. But Kirk Cousins is a franchise quarterback. Kirk Cousins is good enough. If you put good players around him, give him a good coach and good receivers, he can win a Super Bowl. And you can't say that about every quarterback in the NFL. Not every quarterback could win with the best team. Look at Tom Savage. I know that's a deep down. Look at Andy Dalton. You give Andy Dalton a ton of weapons, Andy Dalton still cannot win a Super Bowl. Kirk Cousins is better. Kirk Cousins is good enough. He can take you over the hump if you support him enough. But right now, the Redskins are not giving Kirk Cousins enough support. Kirk Cousins needs good players to win. And right now, his best receiver is Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor is a converted quarterback. Are you kidding me? Yes, they have Ryan Grant, but listen to the names. Listen to these names of the Redskins receivers. Josh Doxson, Jamison Crowder, Maurice Harris. Who? Who are these people? Who are these receivers? I've never heard of them. I'm not impressed by that at all. Oh, oh, my bad. You can't forget Vernon Davis. 100 years old, Vernon Davis, the tight end. Give me a break. The Redskins have not supported Kirk Cousins enough, and yet they still have the audacity to say, we don't believe in him very much. <laughs> are you kidding me? Think about the people that this guy has lost and been through. He lost to Sean Jackson. He lost Pierre Garcon. He lost Kyle Shanahan. He lost Sean McVay, the best offensive coordinator in the NFL. A good gardener can do well with good tools. A good gardener can be a gardener that's successful and gives you a good harvest with good tools. Not many gardeners, if you take away all their tools, most gardeners cannot produce good food. Only a miracle worker, only a miracle worker that is a gardener that can lose his tools and still produce a good harvest. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, those guys are miracle workers. They are not the standard. Kirk Cousins is above the standard. Kirk Cousins is good. If you support Kirk Cousins, he can win you a ton of games. I really believe that. Here's what's interesting about Kirk Cousins. There's been all this fluctuation around Kirk Cousins. He lost his best receivers. He's lost his coaches. He's, he's out as a third-string running back. But I want to make a comparison between Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson. Here's what I love about Russell Wilson. Just like Starbucks. If you go to Starbucks, you get the same cup of coffee everywhere. Russell Wilson, no matter what you put around Russell Wilson... He has the same year every single year. He has the same stats every single year. No matter what you put around Kirk Cousins, no matter what is on the Redskins roster, Kirk Cousins leads the NFL in yards thrown. I know last night he lost to the Cowboys. I know that he had two interceptions if you look at just the stats. But Kirk Cousins, one of his interceptions was dropped and another one was tipped. And the guy's not working with very much around him. 
Give me a break. You need to support Kirk Cousins. He can win you a Super Bowl if you give him enough support. And you can't say that for everybody. You can't say that for Sam Darnold. Or sorry, you can't say that for Andy Dalton. You can't say that for Tom Savage. Kirk Cousins can. He's about a Matt Ryan level quarterback. I really believe that. Now, what is the effect of losing to the Cowboys? Here's what happens to Kirk Cousins because he lost to the Cowboys. Kirk Cousins loses leverage. He loses negotiating leverage with the Redskins. If Kirk Cousins won last night and was winning a ton of games, even with nothing around him, then he can say, look, give me a big contract or else I'm leaving. He loses some chips on the bargaining table because he doesn't win big games like the Cowboys. Because he's not, he's not a top-tier quarterback. He's losing games that Tom Brady or Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers might win. Because they're better with less. But Kirk Cousins is still a top quarterback in the NFL. The Redskins have other bigger issues they need to deal with. They need to sign Kirk Cousins. Did you watch the game last night? The Cowboys dominated the Redskins on the offensive line and the defensive line. The Redskins have significant issues with their linemen that they need to fix. They don't have a top receiver. They're at their third string running back. Look, they need to sign Kirk Cousins. If you had a checklist of all these things, if you're you're an NFL team and you have a checklist, the first thing you need is a quarterback. Then you need good receivers and good defensive linemen, good offensive linemen. Bam, 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 bam. Right? You need to go down the list. But you have the answer. You have the thing to check off the first thing you need on the grocery list. Sign Kirk Cousins. Get at least one of your issues out of the way, and then you can solve everything else. It is not just Kirk Cousins' fault. The Redskins have not supported him very well, and they don't have very many weapons around him. Kirk Cousins is a franchise quarterback, and if you give him a good enough team, he can win you a Super Bowl. And you cannot say that for everybody. You can't say that for Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, look at his weapons this year. Andy Dalton has not produced, even though he has some really good offensive weapons. Kirk Cousins is a top quarterback that you need to support. Sign Kirk Cousins. It drives me nuts. I'm so sick of saying that over and over and over again. I feel like I say the same thing every time I talk about Kirk Cousins. It drives me nuts. Okay, let's talk about Tennessee. The University of Tennessee's horrendous, whatever this is, coaching mishap, their saga that they can't hire a coach. Well, today, Tennessee made news again. They fired their athletic director, John Curry, after only eight months on the job. The word I'm thinking of is toxic. Tennessee is now a toxic environment you need to stay far, far, far away from. It's, it's really funny. I was texting my brother the other day. Well, I, I was texting a girl first. A girl, I, I'm, I'm busy as all get out. I don't check my phone all the time every day. Uh, and I really am I'm pretty bad at texting. I have, right now, I have 74 unread messages on my phone. I'm just, I'm horrible at texting. I'm sorry. I'm too busy making podcasts and making videos and running all over the place. And this girl texted me a message that said, look, Zach, I don't need a text from you every 15 minutes. I just need a text from you every, I need a couple texts from you an hour. And I said, what? What What is the difference? Every 15 minutes, if I send you a text every 15 minutes, I would be sending you a text, a couple texts an hour. I sent that screenshot to my brother. My brother sent me an emoji of guys running. He said, get far, far away from that girl. She's crazy. Get far away. Right now, Tennessee is that crazy girl. Avoid Tennessee at all costs. They're a crazy girl you do not want to get into a relationship with. They are compounding the issue. They're making it worse every time Tennessee makes any kind of action. 
They gave John Curry eight months to turn around the Tennessee football program. And when he didn't, in eight months, they fired him. That's ridiculous. That's insanity. What did I say about the 49ers when they fired Chip Kelly after just one year? Toxic. You cannot expect to build a healthy culture in eight months. Healthy cultures take time. Rome wasn't built in a day. Isn't that the quote? Yes, it is the quote. To build a healthy culture, you need to invest lots of time and invest uh, resources into people. That's why I like the way the 49ers are doing it now. They have Kyle Shanahan. They have John Lynch. They signed him to long-term contracts, and they seem locked in. They say, look, we are going to respect you guys, believe in you guys, and support you guys. Tennessee has not done that. They have failed. They're toxic. Here's the problem with Tennessee right now. Tennessee is operating out of anger, outrage, and fear. They're making emotional decisions. I will never support anyone who makes emotional, rash decisions. That's why I didn't support Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield grabbed his crotch earlier this year, and I was about to argue, oh, it was the heat of the moment. He got pumped up. That's never a good argument. The heat of the moment, the emotions, the decisions out of emotion will never be a good argument. Imagine you and your ex-girlfriend are getting angry and you hit your girlfriend because you're angry. Well, in your defense is, I just got angry. No, that's not a good response. No, no, no. I don't care if you're angry. I don't care if you're scared. You should not make decisions out of emotion. And that is what Tennessee has repeatedly, repeatedly done. They made a decision to not hire Greg Schiano because they were scared. They hired John Curry because they were angry and they were afraid of fans. Decisions out of emotion are no good. I'm not saying Jim Curry was the best athletic director in the world. But firing Jim Curry after eight months just compounds your mistakes, makes it even worse, and gives you more evidence that Tennessee is a toxic environment you need to stay far, far away from. Avoid that girl. Avoid that girl that wants you to text her multiple times an hour. The girl that was like, hey, where are you right now? What are you doing? No, get away from that. That's Tennessee. Tennessee is a toxic environment you need to stay far, far away from. Let's talk about Mike Leach. Mike Leach is the head coach of my favorite college football team, the Washington State University Cougars. Now, Mike Leach met with the University of Tennessee and talked about that he interviewed for their head coaching job. I have no problem with that at all. It was really funny. People around campus, I go to WSU, I go to Washington State, and people around campus were saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe he would do that. Do you think he'd really leave? They're freaking out. I was totally calm. I was just like, whoo, it is another day here in the Palouse. I am totally calm, not afraid, not nervous. Mike Leach is not going to Tennessee. Are you kidding me? Here's why Mike Leach met with Tennessee. You should always hear people out if they have a proposition for you. Most of the time. Because now, Mike Leach has more leverage. The world often works with leverage. That's why John Gruden, every year there's a rumor that John Gruden is going to join coaching again. No, he's not. John Gruden is not going to go back to coaching. I, I made an argument, maybe he would. But honestly, I don't think he is. I think John Gruden, every single year, releases a rumor or has some kind of leak, John Gruden is returning back to coaching because then he can use that to threaten ESPN and get more money out of them or extend his job. If, if you don't give me what I want, I'll leave. I'll go back to coaching. It gives John Gruden leverage. Same reason why Mike Leach went and met with Tennessee. It gives him leverage over WSU. I have no problem with that. I respect that. Of course he would. Now, the truth is Mike Leach loves WSU. Mike Leach isn't going anywhere. The South is a toxic environment, especially Tennessee right now. 
Kevin Sumlin was Texas A&M's head coach, and he coached for the same six years. So Kevin Sumlin was hired six years ago at Texas A&M. And at the same time, six years ago, Mike Leach was hired at Washington State. In the same six years, Kevin Sumlin went 51 and 26. While Mike Leach, in those same six years, went 38 and 37. Kevin Sumlin is out of a job. Mike Leach, sitting pretty. Loves his job. Loves the people he works with. Has a fan base that believes in him. Mike Leach isn't going anywhere because the South is toxic. There's way more pressure. It's way higher expectations. Why would you leave where you are? Mike Leach is happy. Mike Leach walks to practice. Mike Leach walks to practice in Pullman, Washington. In Tennessee, they burn couches. They burn couches in Tennessee. You're not going there. He has a great life. He can walk to practice. He lives on the hill. I can see his house from where I live. I wonder what's it like to be a millionaire in Pullman, Washington, where you can get an apartment for $300 a month. What? Yeah, I, I wonder. I really wonder what that's like. What's the song? Can't remember who it is. I think it's the Cup song. It's "You're Gonna Miss Me When I'm Gone." That is why Mike Leach went and met with Tennessee. It made everyone at WSU think, oh, "What if we lose Mike Leach?" I bet you appreciate Mike Leach a lot more now that you know he's not leaving. He loses to University of Washington in the Apple Cup. Then he meets with Tennessee, and we go, oh, "Is he gonna leave? Is he gonna leave? Is he gonna leave?" Oh no, he doesn't leave. You're like, "Oh, thank goodness." Now, if he didn't meet with Tennessee, would we think, oh, thank goodness? Maybe. Probably not. Gives you leverage, and it gives you negotiating tactics over WSU. It makes fans of WSU and the entire constituency of WSU appreciate Mike Leach just a little bit more. Mike Leach is not going to Tennessee. He loves Washington State. Another big story. I love I loved talking about player movement and coach movement. It is really, it's just a ton of fun. Jimbo Fisher, you know, I talked about Texas A&M the other day. Jimbo Fisher has left Florida State and signed a huge contract, $75 million over the course of 10 years to be the head coach at Texas A&M. I love this move. I really love this move. I think this is a fantastic, fantastic move for both for Texas A&M and for Jimbo Fisher. It really is a great, great hiring. Jimbo Fisher's strength is recruiting. That is what Jimbo Fisher does better than anything else. Jimbo Fisher is up there with Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney. He recruits absolute freaks. I call them mutants. They're guys that are bigger, better, and stronger and faster than anything we've seen. It's the same reason. It's why if Washington State, my favorite team, played Alabama tomorrow, they'd get waxed. It would be over. Because Alabama has just as bigger, stronger, better, faster athletes. And that is the kind of athletes that Jimbo Fisher recruits. So that's great for Texas A&M. Texas A&M is now a title contender because they have a great coach who can recruit absolute dominant freaks of nature. It's very interesting. Jimbo Fisher is going from Florida to Texas. He is now coached in the two biggest and best states for high school football recruits. I think it's a good move. Jimbo Fisher is going to recruit big guys and really elevate Texas A&M. I was really, really heavily critical of Texas A&M when they fired Kevin Sumlin, their old coach. I, I want to say, I want to be the first one to say I was wrong. Texas A&M absolutely upgraded. Well done. Well 
Freaking done. I respect that a ton. It's a good move for both. Jimbo Fisher had a down year at Florida State. He can now reset and kind of take a step back, evaluate their situation, and really dominate now at Texas A&M. Texas A&M needed it. They also hit the reset button. They had a down year with Kevin Sumlin. Now they can take a deep breath, and they will do well. I like the Jimbo Fisher hire at Texas A&M. I want to talk about the culture in the South. It's very interesting to me. Chip Kelly interviewed with uh, University of Florida and ultimately chose to go to UCLA, University of California, Los Angeles on the West Coast, instead of joining Florida. And when Chip Kelly was asked why he made that decision, Chip Kelly said he wanted to work with the right people. I respect that. I think it's awesome. You need to have good management. You want to work with good people. In fact, my, one of my dreams is to work and hire and start my own company. And if I did that, I would hire better writers than me. I would hire people who are better at production. You want to work with people that are great, good workers. Never be intimidated by working with good people. But that's not the lesson here. The lesson here is that he chose UCLA instead of Florida. Chip Kelly didn't want to work in what is becoming increasingly, increasingly toxic, the college football South. It's very interesting. Dan Mullen went from Mississippi State to Florida. So they didn't, Florida couldn't hire Chip Kelly. They instead hired the Mississippi State head coach, Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen moved within the SEC. He went from Mississippi State to Florida. And Nick Fitzgerald, the Mississippi State quarterback, didn't like this. Many people in Mississippi were outraged and angry. And they were pissed. And I get it. I totally get why people were pissed. They felt betrayed. This kind of reminds me of Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas was traded from the Celtics to the Cavaliers this offseason. He said, how could you do that? Because Isaiah Thomas played in a basketball game for the Celtics after his sister died in the playoffs. And he felt like, ah, how could you do that? How could you betray me? No, 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 no. Dan Mullen doesn't owe Mississippi State anything. Dan Mullen significantly elevated Mississippi State's football program. He won them games. He delivered them Dak Prescott. Dan Mullen, I'm sorry, but you don't owe Mississippi State anything. You did a great job, and I think (laughs) Mississippi State needs to have a little bit of gratitude. It's often forgotten, and I understand. I I know why people were angry he left. They felt blindsided. They weren't emotionally prepared. That's why people in New York were mad that Eli was benched. But there's just a lot of hate and a lot of anger in the South. It's ridiculous. I think Chip Kelly did the right thing by avoiding Florida. He's certainly not going to have a lot of outrage in UCLA. And I really think that if I'm a head coach looking to coach in college football, I'd be careful. I I would really hesitate to go coach in the South. Not not an indictment on the South. I know lots of people from the South. They're good people. My buddy Ford lives there. My Aunt Lori lives there in South Carolina. South is not a bad place. It is just they're very emotional and very passionate about college football. And that eh, kind of concerns me a little bit. I want to finish the show with this. I want to talk about the Eagles uh, and Seahawks on Sunday night. On Sunday night football this week, the Seahawks play the Eagles in Seattle. And this is going to be a fantastic, fantastic football game. I'm very, very excited. This could potentially be the NFC Championship game we see later this year. The explosive Eagles offense versus the banged up Seattle defense without Richard Sherman 
without the other guy. I forget his name right now. I'm very sorry. It's going to be a very interesting matchup. Can the Seahawks defense play well enough against the Eagles? The key to this game is this. The key to this game is Russell Wilson and his legs. The Seahawks have lost two games in a row at home. The Seahawks are always fantastic at home. We talk about the 12th man. The Seahawks seem to have a home field advantage because their stadium is so loud. And their fans go absolutely nuts. Yet they've lost two games at home in a row. That's concerning. So the key to the game is Russell Wilson's legs. Because Russell Wilson's legs make him unpredictable. You can game plan all you want against Russell Wilson. You can plan to stop... Jimmy Graham, you can plan to stop the running game. You can plan to stop the receivers, Doug Baldwin. But then Russell Wilson takes off, and you have no game plan for that. You can put a quarterback spy on Russell Wilson. But then you're taking a guy out of coverage, and I'm really excited to see. I think Russell Wilson could have a big day with his legs because that's the one thing about Russell Wilson you cannot game plan for. The other interesting storyline to this game is who needs to win more? Right now, the Seahawks are 7-4. and four. They are one game behind the Rams in the NFC West. The Seahawks need this game really badly. The Eagles are 10-1. and one. The Eagles have no competition within their division in the NFC East. The Seahawks need this game more. The Seahawks need to win on Sunday night to keep their hopes alive, and they need to win this big game, this big matchup. Not to mention... The Seahawks always deliver a good performance in primetime. Every time I watch the Seahawks, they deliver and play well in primetime, and they deliver a good, good football game in big moments. I'm excited to watch Russell Wilson in primetime on Sunday night, and I'm picking the Seahawks to win a very, very close game. It's going to come down to like the last play or two. This, I believe the Seahawks are going to win a close game in Seattle this weekend on Sunday Night Football. My name is Zach Schallmuller. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. On Monday, I'm going to take a deep dive. On Monday, I'm going to talk about why 13 players have transferred from Minnesota. I'm going to do a lot more research. I want to find out why are people leaving Minnesota's football team? Why have 13 people transferred away? Subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud. You can also find Strong Opinion Sports on YouTube. I put my best clips out on YouTube, and I also put my full show on YouTube. You can watch if that's how you like to consume podcasts. Or, hey, honestly, just go get a watch. Put it in the background while you're at work or driving. Who knows? Listen to Strong Opinion Sports on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Tell your friends about the show. I know there are people out there that don't know that Strong Opinion Sports exists that would be interested in listening to this show. So if you have friends who listen to podcasts, or if you love podcasts and you're like me and you just feel like you need to tell your friends everything you love all the time I saw, I saw a movie called Predestination yesterday on Amazon. Amazon, oh, fantastic movie. I really loved it. You should watch it. I do that all the time. So if you like strong opinion sports as much as I like doing the show, tell your friends about the show. I would really appreciate that. Our numbers are growing. We're about 300 listeners an episode. I'd like to continue to grow. I'm just so excited. I really love you guys. I'm so grateful you guys listen. My name is Zach Schallmer. This has been Strong Opinion Sports for Friday, December 1st. Have a great day, everybody. Love y'all. Bye.